pizza in a skillet, a virtual network, and who would be the best Thrawn. All this and more on today's How Did This Get Made mini episode. Hit the theme! It's a mini episode. What's up, virtual people of Cyber Earth? It is I, Tall John Shear, aka the Lawnmower Man, aka Joke and Job. People, welcome to a How Did This Get Made mini episode. We got so much to get into. We're going to break down Lawnmower Man 2. We're going to get into some of my corrections and omissions. People are coming back at me. And I'm going to defend myself. And we're going to announce what we'll be doing next week on the show. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. It's a romance. Because we're coming up to Valentine's Day. And I'm sure everyone is so psyched about Valentine's Day. Especially if you have been in quarantine for as long as I have been. Uh, We're in L.A. I am still in my house. Uh, recently got back from a little trip. We went away. We went to Oregon. It was beautiful. It was lovely. Uh, love Oregon, really. Actually, really, really nice. The last blockbuster is in Oregon. And by the way, I'm in a documentary called The Last Blockbuster with Doug Benson and Ioni Sky and Kevin Smith uh, and a whole bunch of other great people. Uh, that wasn't even meant to be a plug, but I remembered it and it came out. And that's the way it goes. This show is like jazz, people. Improvisational. What's going to happen? I don't know. Is Jason Manzucas going to be in the show? I believe he is. I believe we recorded this last week, but I can't promise it because I don't know for sure, but I'm like pretty sure he will be coming up in the show as well. Um, I want to give a big thank you to Marie and Ryan Adkins because I goddamn love that song. That was an amazing opening song. Thank you for sending it in. If you want to do some of this too, you can send it to How Did This Get Made? at Earwolf.com. Make them short and sweet just like that and make them so damn good. We love having songs for the mini episode. Um, I want to tell you really quickly about what I've been doing. I know I've mentioned it a lot here, but I've been running uh, a Twitch show. I actually a couple Twitch shows. One with uh, Amy Nicholson, which is like a game show for Unspooled, not even Unspooled, for movies. Um, and then I've been doing a show with Adam Pally where we take people's Twitter drafts, they send them to us, and we punch them up. But the show I'm most excited about, the show that we've been doing with the most regularity, is Thursdays with Rob and Paul. It's Rob Hubel, it's me, and we have had amazing guests on the show. Brett Gelman, Miro from AEW, Nicole Byer has been on the show, Judy Greer, Ken Marino, June Diane Rayfield, Jason Manzukis, John Gemberling. Anthony Atominic, so many great people, and the list goes on and on, and I can't remember any more of them, but we've had so many great people on the show so consistently, and we will keep on doing it. You can jump in any Thursday. You can watch the full episodes on YouTube. You can also check out clips on my Instagram. I'm just at Paul Shear. And if you want to get on the Discord, right, not only my Discord, I have one. Yeah, you bet I have one. Uh, it's actually been amazing. You can go to my Discord at, uh, you know, HTTPS slash Discord slash GG slash Paul Shear, or same thing, HTTPS dot colon, I guess I should say, Discord dot DG slash 
HDTGM. We got two fully functioning discords running and it's great. The How Did This Get Mid one has really blossomed and taken over for the Earwolf uh, How Did This Get Made message boards and I love it. I love what's going on there. I love what's going on on mine. I'm loving this social world. I am Job. I am in cyberspace. All right, but you know what? Enough about me. Let's get to you. You got problems, right? I know you got problems. I got problems, but here's the difference. I'm going to help you. No one helps me. No, you all help me. Everyone helps me. But I'm helping you right now. It's time for the Paul Helpline. Call 619-PAUL-ASK. Call 619-PAUL-ASK. You got a problem. Just ask for You got some problems in your life. Just ask for Thank you, Hillary Gay. That is amazing actually i love that song very good oh man i'm getting all excited today is a good day uh people i'm not a doctor i'm not a therapist nor do i practice what i preach but i'm here to help you and normally i get to be joined well not normally before the quarantine about a year ago i got to do this with my two uh good buds cody our super producer, devin our amazing sound engineer and producer he's doing it all honestly uh and I have to do it by myself, so they can't tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I'm going to just jump in and see what I can do. Ian from Portland, what do you got? Hey, Paul. This is Ian up in the real Portland in Maine, uh, day 300 and question mark of working from home, staying at home. Just kind of wondering what you do to combat the fatigue of being the one to stay at home when, you know, we're seeing a lot of people kind of going out and trying to quote unquote live their lives when we're trying to beat this thing so yeah just kind of wondering what you guys do to uh pass the time at home thanks uh look at so mike ian this is a great question um i'm going to talk to you about a couple of hobbies that i got into all right number one uh card games like good old-fashioned card games i've been playing this jack the ripper mystery rummy which is really really fun it's just rummy but with jack the ripper specifics That is great, but the game I'm currently in love with is a game that I found in my Oregon house called Phase 10. Again, it's a rummy-like game, but you have to get 10 phases of cards. It's so fun, and we played it every night after dinner, and, you know, there is a really nice thing about routine, and I feel like this quarantine has helped me get into routine. Um, whether that's watching a movie at night or whether that is reading a book. I've just gotten my own little routines. And I think that when you create those routines, you start to find different things to do. Like for me, I was doing puzzles at one point. I was playing cards. I was reading, trying to move around and just find different things. The other thing I've been getting into a lot has been uh, photography. I love taking photos. I actually have started an Instagram account called Sheer Snaps, and I'm just trying to experiment and expand myself and do better. So that's what I'm up to. That's what I'm doing, and I'm working. I'm working my ass off, but to keep it all interesting, and yeah, there's video games in there too. There is Mario Party, you bet. Uh, There is Mario Kart, yeah. There's Legos. I mean, lots of Legos. We're doing it here. We're finding things to keep us occupied, cooking, sure, every now and then, more desserts, definitely drinks, set up a whole bar at the house, love that. So those are a couple ideas of how we are keeping interested, uh, or I guess entertained. Maybe we're keeping, well, I guess we are keeping ourselves interested in life. 
<laughs> which is a terrifying alternative if we were not. Um, Annie, what do you got? Hey, Paul. My name is Annie. I'm located in Atlanta. Um, I work in the film industry, and I am about to take a job where I am going to have to relocate for a few months for my position. And it's a dream job, and I'm really excited about it. But it's my first time taking a long-term production gig away from my significant other. We've been together five years, and how do you do it when you and June are away on a job? What do you do? How do you keep your relationship fun and alive? Uh, my partner and I have been together for a long time, so we know how to communicate. We're good together, but we've never been away this long. So what's the secret sauce? Thanks. Bye. Annie in Atlanta. Wow. Crazy that you're leaving Atlanta for a job because um, normally we have to go to Atlanta for a job and then I have to leave my family. Uh, I'm in the middle of this right now. Um, this is actually a crazy time because I don't know where you're going, but, um, you know, June is going to Canada and it's not very easy to get to Canada uh, when you are not working in Canada or have a reason to be in Canada. Uh, and I am working here in Los Angeles and we can't go together. Now, our normal rule is probably you've heard every like celebrity couple say this. We don't go more than 10 days apart. And that's actually pretty easy to do. We find ways and yes, we've broken that in points, but, um, you know, we just suck it up and we spend the money and we get out there. Um, you know, we try to, if we can, I don't know what your situation is, but uh, we try to stay a little bit of a longer period with each other. Um, you know, we've been lucky lately that we, since we've had kids, we've only really had to pick up our family and move uh, once. And that was to shoot long shot. And that was, uh, you know, the whole family moved up to Montreal and it was freezing fucking cold in Montreal. And um, it was tricky and hard, but we all did it because we didn't want to be apart. And I think, you know, it's short term. It's not long term. So don't get too in your head about it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You're also in the middle of a giant fucking, you know, pandemic. So things are not going to be smooth, but you'll do this job. You'll get through it. Hopefully you'll find time to visit each other. If you can do it, I don't know what the quarantine situation is. I don't know what you're required to do. Um, you know, make that time. Try to do every 10 days. Um, and if you can't do that, do something fun. Like what I just suggested before, like play a, have a game night over zoom. Just don't give yourself some activity order from the same shitty restaurant and have a date night over zoom. Like do something that is a little bit more fun than uh, I miss you. 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 Like make dates of it. That's what I would suggest. You know, having not done it yet, that's what I would suggest. All right. Now let's get back to pizza gate. All right, I made a suggestion last week that only cold pizza was the way to go. People said, wait, 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 wait. Cold pizza is not the only way to go. Take a listen. Yo, Paul, big fan of you and the show, but I got to say, man, uh, what's with the savagery of eating cold pizza? I'm not against that once in a while, but you can't heat it up. And you got it all wrong, man. You don't use the oven. You use the skillet. You put it on the skillet, medium heat, couple minutes, maybe if you want to get fancy, flip it, put a little garlic on it. Boom, good to go. Three minutes, crispy pizza, it's perfect. Try it next time. It'll kick the hell out of that uh, cold pizza you're eating. Thanks a lot and have a good day. All right, first of all, anonymous skillet pizza man. Skillet pizza? Hmm, I don't know about that. 
I don't know about that. I have a pizza stone, relatively cheap. I got it on Amazon. I'd put it on the pizza stone in the oven. I've never, why would I put it on a skillet? Fry it. I don't like it. I don't like it. When you said flip it, you said flip it. Like it was a grilled fucking cheese. I don't know. Maybe I'm a New Yorker and I'm a purist. I don't like the sound of that. Thank you. Because I don't think the crust is going to actually get baked through. Anyway, by the way, if you're in LA and you want to talk about some delicious things to put in the oven and eat, Shappy's pretzels, oh man alive. Shappy's pretzels, um, Adam Shapiro, who's a friend of mine, but I'm not promoting him. I'm just telling you, he is making the best Philadelphia pretzels. They are amazing. And so I get them. The day of, I just throw them in the oven and I just, just for like five, 10 minutes and they get the outside gets a little bit uh, crispier. The inside's still soft and doughy. So good. And then he makes these things called yo, uh, Oreos, where he puts full Oreos in the pretzel. So then you put that in the oven and the Oreo just melts a little bit. You don't want it to melt too much. And then you're biting a pretzel with an Oreo inside. Get out of fucking town. It's all good. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get to Tony. Hey, Paul, this is Tony from California. Uh, I wanted to weigh in on the ongoing debate regarding the reheating of leftovers. I think there's a game changer available that you're missing out on, which is the use of an air fryer. Um, pizza left out overnight and then put into the air fryer the next day or taken out of the fridge and put in the air fryer the next day is absolutely incredible. Oftentimes, I like it better from the air fryer than I do the night I actually got it fresh from the pizza place. So um, if you got an air fryer, check it out. It's awesome. If not, up up your game and uh, get an air fryer. Man. What are you doing with your life? Tony, I don't have an air fryer. I did have a birthday, Tony. No one got me an air fryer. I can't believe that for my birthday, I feel like I'm an air fryer type of guy, um, but no one got it for me. So I, I will, I buy the air fryer. How about that? I buy the air fryer over the skillet. Paul, what are you saying? I don't know, but I've heard a lot of miracle stories about this air fryer. When I get one, I'll report back to you. Thank you, Tony. Um, remember, call me, talk to me, tell me what's on your mind. This whole question about pizza started off a little while ago, and the gentleman who I sent around LA to get that pizza, guess what? He liked my suggestions. Anyway, call me at 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. That's 619-PAUL-ASK. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Let's go to a break. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie cutter places. And I went on Airbnb and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious even in a sea of milk. The crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you, and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. Now, while you are preparing for next week, it seems like we might have dropped the ball. Uh, potentially on some of the things that you wanted to hear us talk about when we were talking about Lawnmower Man 2. Job's War. Not that pause, that little pause there, because I couldn't remember the original name. That's why the pause is there, Beyond Cyberspace or Job's War. Um, all right, here's the deal. Uh, we went to the How Did This Get Made Discord to find out what you had to say for a little section that we like to call Corrections and omissions. Bam, bam, bam. If Paul was incorrect or June omitted, if Jason shitted the bed and you know that he did, there's a section right here where you can submit in and make all three plucky heroes look uber stupid. It's corrections and omissions. Thank you, Brian Hall Op Off. Brian Hall Op Off, uh, that's a great theme. This has been a kill. You know what? Quarantine is good for y'all because you're coming in with your A game on these songs. Um, so we're listening to voicemails. We're on the Discord. We're looking at facts. We're looking at research. You guys have brought a lot here to the table. Let's go and check it out. Cambert, newly on the Discord, writes, So when Trace and the boys are about to do their best Indiana Jones, they have to replace the chip with an ice cube because the laser will go off if it goes to about zero degrees Celsius. For you Americans that might not know metric, that is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. That's freezing or below, which means the chip has a resting temperature below freezing. So unless that room is somehow cooled like a freezer, how can the chip maintain a temperature that low? And how are they handling it without getting numb hands? Well, I don't mean to come at you, Camber, because I'm no scientist. I've made that abundantly clear. Um, I believe the room didn't have to be affected with anything, but that little, like, you know, refrigerator laser, that's what was doing the trick. It was almost like it was in a freezer. It was in a freezer. The light was a freezer. And then they're numb. You know, I, I think just their thumb and forefinger get a little nummy. You know, maybe like a Raynard syndrome. I have Raynard syndrome. Do you know what Raynard's? It, it's like it's like frostbite, but eh, whatever. Anyway, that's what I think happened. Um, numb hands that have to grab with their full hands. I, I think just their their thumb and forefinger. Um, so they can't do that little joke where it's like, oh, what's that? Oh, the world's smallest violin playing just for you. Oh man, when people used to do that to me, fuck them, fuck them. I have problems. I need to share myself. Pilot has wrote. Paul also mentions that it feels like the director was kicked out of the edit bay. That was noted on the trivia that Farhad was actually locked out of the edit room by the producers who wanted a film that would appeal more to the target audience of teenage boys. I thought I said that on the show. Did I not say that on the show? I don't know. Okay, I guess I didn't. So, Pilot, good job. Let's go to the phones. Nate, 
in Cincinnati. Hi, Paul. This is Nate from Cincinnati. I was interested in uh, when you, uh, June, and Jason uh, spoke about Lawnmower Man 2, uh, specifically when you mentioned Matt Brewer channeling his inner Jim Carrey. Um, at the same time that the movie Lawnmower Man 2 was being filmed, Matt Brewer was also working on the cartoon television series of Dumb and Dumber, playing who else? Lloyd Christmas, who is the character played by Jim Carrey in the famous Dumb and Dumber movie. So I thought that was very interesting that you all kind of picked up on that and maybe that uh, Brewer just carried over some of those characteristics he was using in the cartoon to the movie. So good job, you all. This is amazing. First of all, did not know there is a Dumb and Dumber cartoon. Secondly, why didn't I know that? Thirdly, I must go find it immediately. Um, well, this makes all the sense in the world. I mean, they were influencing each other. This is a lost Jim Carrey movie. Or is Liar Liar a lost Matt Frewer movie? Um, that is a weird thing, though, when you find that somebody's really hitting it on the thing that you are very good at. Um and they're very unique things, so you don't need two of those things. So uh, I think Matt Frewer is actually an incredibly talented guy. Uh, but uh, I think he's actually changed his persona just a little bit. Um, all right, Doug in Canada. Hi, Paul. Uh, this is Doug from Canada. And uh, on the note of uh, the movie just ripping off other uh, iconic scenes of movies, as you mentioned, Star Wars with the trash compactor and Indiana Jones with the swapping uh, the chip there. Um, we also found that the score itself seems to be uh, like an off-brand John Williams Jurassic Park uh, score. It was very similar. Uh, it was almost like they took the same phrasing, but like just randomly generated different notes or something. Uh, or if you took the score of Jurassic Park, uh, cut it up, and then just sort of rearranged the the pieces, like some sort of Dadaist poem or something. But Anyway, so that was one thing that we noticed. Uh, thanks for doing the show. It was a lot of fun. Take care. Ooh, great point. And now, if I cared enough to subject myself to that torture, I would. Well, it wasn't torture. I actually, actually kind of liked it. Um, I would watch it again. But you're right. Everything in this movie was trying to build that idea. And I, I feel like this is the dumbest thing. It's like, <sighs> you can't recreate. Only John Williams can recreate John Williams. And he does. By the way, he does. Listen to a couple things back to back. He does. Um, no, but this movie, yeah, it's a blatant fucking ripoff. It's the worst. I'm mad at it. I'm angry at it. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. Sean in Philly. Hey, Paul, it's Sean from Philly. Uh, you probably got a lot of calls like this after you did The Lawnmower Man, but you've got to read the story of The Lawnmower Man. It's in the Night Shift Collection by Stephen King. It's literally only eight pages long and has nothing. It has absolutely nothing to do with either of these movies. Uh, in fact, it was published in 1975, so there was no internet. There is cyber nothing. It is a story about a lawnmower man. It, uh, you gotta, uh, you gotta read that. It takes no effort and you'll be freaked out by uh, the two awful movies that they made out of it. Man, I love the way people in Philly just announce themselves. It's like, yes, it's a given. Uh, look at those 76ers. I feel like Doc is doing a good job with you guys. Um, all right. Burr, 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 burr. What do I want to say about this? Yeah, I'll read it. 100% I'll read it. Sounds great. I'm in. Let's talk next time. All right, that is all for our messages. Let's go back. <laughs> well, what can I do? I'm here. I can't read it right this second. I mean, I guess I could. 
but it would take longer. It's late already. Um, Ryan says, says that Lawnmower Man was so different from the source material. Hey, look, I don't even have to read because Ryan's here. King sued to have his name removed from the film because it was so different, but New Line kept it on even after a court ruled they had to remove his name. It was only removed after the courts threatened daily fines as well as giving King any and all profits made by the film and its merchandise. Well, you know what? Good for Stephen King. You just can't take a title and market that guy's name. Let him make his own crazy shit. Uh, God bless uh, Stephen King, who I don't think is afraid to sue. Um, Dr. Guts, 1003, writes, I'm surprised there was no mention in the episode of how the bearded bad guy refers to VR goggles as iPhones. Yes! I forgot that I had a good clip of that, too. Speaking of a good clip, on my Instagram and on the How Did This Get Made Instagram, you can actually watch Avril's amazing clip where she mashed up Crossfire, the um, old school game, like as a kind of a marble game, um, with the end of Lawnmower Man 2. It's amazing. Check that out. Um, But basically what Dr. Guts is saying is he goes, I bet Steve Jobs owes Farhad Man some royalties. Yeah. You think that Steve Jobs, what Steve Jobs is like a big fan? Tim Cook's like, oh, yeah, we watch this all the time. And that's how we got it all. We got it all from this movie. Um, All right. Catfish writes this. The idea that a virtual network can exist without actual infrastructure is so funny. Without infrastructure, that's all you would have is a virtual network that simulates a world where everything is connected. I guess the idea is that the Chiron chip is the MacGuffin that solves all those problems of connecting the various systems. I mean, I can't stop thinking that somewhere there has to be IT folks mourning hard disks in Iraq. Uh, wow. I like that catfish. You know what? I'm going to make a call right here. Catfish, because he just called out something that was so obvious that we hadn't really gotten into it all. Like, it doesn't even make sense at a base level. So you know what? Catfish, you are our winner! Thank you, Francis Day. As always, you get nothing, but you'll forever hold a place in my heart. We'll be right back right after this commercial. All right, it is time to kick back, relax, as Jason and I nerd out in a little segment I like to call Core Chat. Jason and Paul having a ball, sitting down to talk about it all. Two good guys stuck inside, telling us about all the things they like. Comics, movies, TV shows. Poor chat's got it, so come on, let's go. Jason, it's been a while since you and I have been able to like really geek out about what we have been watching, and I feel like I have so many things that I almost want to hold some of them back. Oh my uh, god, I made a I made a list and I was like, there's too much stuff. That's what I kind of feel like too. I feel like we have to like save it and then just come back and talk more. Um where like what is your top thing that you have been most excited about? Because I so bet you funny. we're going to have some crossover. Yeah, oh, we very well may. There's been so many things that I've been just like, I've been consuming an incredible amount of stuff. And I'm not sure if that's just because, you know, it was the holidays and things were slower and I yeah. didn't have as much other kind of distracting stuff. But I am, since last we spoke, I have listened to... 
all of the th- I'm I'm still by the way I'm still coming hard at Star Wars. Still in Star Wars hard. I um, love it. So I've listened to all of the Thrawn audiobooks, the first wow. tri- the first trilogy the that is now part of legend that's been decanonized. Right. The the new trilogy of audiobooks that have just been done that uh same writer Timothy Zahn wrote them all and then and then they have released a prequel audiobook of Young Thrawn in the Chiss Ascendancy. Amazing. Wait, okay. So hold on. I need to ask a couple questions here. Yeah. First of all, all right. So I understand people who don't know this. Uh, I, I feel like you're pretty open about this. You do puzzles, right? So this is probably. Oh, yeah, uh, big time. Is this, is when you are puzzling. Perfect. It, all right. That's when you're listening. Because I was going to say, this is, I have a hard time and I've had a hard time in this pandemic to listen to things because I feel like it forces me. I'm like. Uh, I have to stay still or or something like that. I'm not in my car that yeah. much. So, no, I get so, it. Yeah. So you I are. I am. Yeah. Um, I am. Yeah. No, I will. I will put on audiobooks when I am. Yes, exactly. Doing the jigsaw puzzle when I am, you know, when I'm doing laundry, dishes, like how uh, I use audiobooks interchangeably the way I do podcasts. Okay. Something that gets my attention, but is, I am not, that I won't be distracted from. But that's, all right, this is really good for me. I, okay, well, I'm not going to reveal one of the things I do when I wash dishes, because it's one of my things I'm going to maybe talk about. Oh, great. Uh, so the, these uh, are all been great books, and Charles Soule, who we know perhaps Charles. as a comics writer, yes, um, uh, has written, a, the new Star Wars launch has been to launch all of these High Republic books. Yeah, I haven't um, gotten into those. Are those good? Uh, so I'm listening now to the new High Republic audio, the the audiobook, The Light of the Jedi, the, okay. all of which takes place, you know, like 500 years in the past from our Star Wars story. So Charles Soule's writing those. He wrote the first, uh, the first novel. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, he wrote the first novel of this series. All right, it's well, going to again be a trilogy of books. All right, so I have a, a bunch of questions about the content, but I have one more question about the delivery. Um, are you an Audible member? I mean, this is not an app. But are, okay, because I was going to say, because that's a lot of books, and I feel like uh, to get that, like, so you can just you can just cycle through anything. It's it's just so you hit the yeah, button. I'm okay. a, I'm a, yes, I'm an Audible member, and so so if somebody you know, and I'm you know, like it's, it's some of these are books that I will also buy because I like sure. them and I want to support a an author course, or something yeah. like that. But um, but ostensibly in this case, I was like, oh, I just keep rolling it for. I would finish one and be like, I got to read the next one in the like the Thrawn books. So I just click the button and I'll it, it automatically downloads. It's easy. Okay, um, so that's awesome because I. I feel like I got it. I think I would enjoy them. And I want to, I've been getting back into reading a little bit more, yeah. uh, which is a silly thing to say, but uh, like, I've just been kind of forcing myself to read. I want to know what you think of Thrawn because I, my, my, like uh, my knowledge of him is in the old Star Wars books. Like that, like the ones that originally came out that people yep. were so excited about. Sure. Uh, yeah. So that, like, that's where I've left Thrawn. So Thrawn is, you know, Thrawn is also an instrumental part of the Rebels storyline. You know, Thrawn really becomes... The central villain in the yeah. rebels, uh, in rebels, camp. right? Yes, right, right. Yeah, so sorry. Filoni, yeah. So I actually know that too. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. So Filoni kind of smartly, you know, is is doing this kind of really wonderful thing where he's taking all of these elements that have been either decanonized or are things that have never been part of canon, 
and he's taking them out and putting them into by by taking Thrawn, who was a character like you're saying in the expanded universe. He takes him and inserts him into Rebels. So now Thrawn is part of Star Wars canon because he's in Rebels or right. the active canon, you know, the active storyline. Yeah. Um, and he's the villain in, in in Rebels, but he is. I love this character, and what they what Timothy Zahn's done with it is really incredible because Thrawn is a villain that we haven't seen in Star Wars. Really, he's a master tactician. So. Right. It's all about um, the kind of puzzles and games, which kind of is what right, I like. It, yes, because you know, yeah, because he's always trapping. And yes, I'm, now I'm like, I'm just rejiggering because I haven't like watched some Star Wars. My, uh, we are fully an NBA family right now. Gus oh, is yeah. all into basketball, so Star Wars quickly fell off. the That's rung. awesome. So uh, we are watching. <laughs> <laughs> a ridiculous amount of basketball games. So I'm like, oh, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And, oh, uh, okay. Well, Thrawn, even in Rebels, is like always having a bigger plan. It's not yes. just like, it's not His like a whole bowl thing, in a china shop. Thrawn's whole thing is he is, he, he, he studies the art of a culture in order to understand their fighting, how they will fight and what their tactics will be. So he's both this incredible kind of esthete. He's like studies the art of any any people that he's fighting or that he's trying to understand or that he's trying to conquer or whatever. He studies their art so that he can better understand what their fighting styles would be. And so unlike so many of the Star Wars villains are bruisers, you yeah. know, uh, Darth Vader, Darth Maul. Um, right. They're the, just, the they are literally, they are weapons. They're human yes. weapons. Yeah, and the, and all the way up to the emperor. The emperor's threat is, uh, you know, true, like evil malevolence. But Thrawn and the Chiss Ascendancy, who is, that's where Thrawn is from. Right. These are like deeply intellectual people whose problem solving abilities are oftentimes trying to figure out how to end something before it's even started. Let me ask you, know? you a question. Let me ask you a question. Robert Downey Jr. as Thrawn in The Mandalorian. Uh, would you, I hope would you... not. <laughs> I would not like that. No, I, I don't think like it's that. right either. I don't think. Uh, uh, that would be amazing. No, but the person that I'm hearing, which would be interesting, is um, the person who does the voice in Rebels. Yeah. Is the actor Mads Mikkelsen's oh, brother. Oh, yes. Oh, well, that's so a great choice. I think just have him. I mean, he's an actor, so have him do it because my first choice would be Mads Mikkelsen, although he was um, Galen Erso, so right. I don't think they would use him. Uh, well, you never know. It could be like a Deadwood situation. By the way, I want oh, to yeah. talk about uh, two things because uh, yeah. we already are powering through a lot of time and I already- Yeah, let's and, move and, past No, but I, no, past I, but I want to exist in all this. I want to I mention two things. First of all, I feel like we should just- <laughs> I just love getting a chance to like- do this. I don't get a chance to talk about any of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's great. Um, I want to just bring up that, uh, that if you don't know this, uh, how did this get made now has a brand new discord. We've built our own discord. We've kind of left the message boards behind. And so we are uh, in this brand new phase. You can look in our show notes and you can see how to get on that. But 
Uh, we should start a little bit of a Star Wars chat in the Discord. The Discord's amazing with it. Now, emojis do, I, yeah. do we, are we in the Discord too, or is it we just can the fans? Be. We can I be. See. in the, Yeah, so basically I had talked to some of the, uh, the diehards of the How Did This Get Made message boards, and I convinced them to come over to Discord because I've been running a Discord for the Twitch shows that I've been doing. Oh, okay. And so I've been like, oh, Discord's actually really great, and it will be really malleable. For this audience, I think it will actually actually expand and just be a fun place to kind of hold a bunch of conversations. And they've been working on it for a little bit of time, and it's awesome. And so this is kind of their their uh, foray. They're in they're in the world now. In the last week or okay, so, great. they're out in the world. So uh, it's a fun place. But I, I think there should be a Star Wars chat in there. That's all I was saying on there. Yeah, I love um, that. Well, here's a okay two thoughts. Go for it. I have I have so many Star Wars thoughts, but I know that people are probably get off Star Wars. Um, could Mads be in the show as as uh as Thrawn, as Thrawn. but in the movies as Jalen or so like you you know what I'm saying well, like, is there is there any I guess you yeah. could and and I mean listen Galen Erso's dead I mean I, unless we're gonna unless we think we don't we're want gonna to get tell, a backstory we don't need that yeah unless oh yeah exactly unless we we think we might tell more stories inside the Galen Erso Krennic storyline which <laughs> I can't I can't imagine is gonna happen so so yeah maybe you could put Mads Mikkelsen in there but I mean maybe his brother is the answer and I, so uh, that's that that's the kind of person that I would like to play yeah that's uh, a good thrawn yeah. would be fantastic although well, i don't know i mean there's a there's a bunch of interesting choices i almost think of older 80s actors better like you know what i'm thinking of the guy who was in the original manhunter remember or the oh, original William Sen- peterson uh no the guy that was the hannibal lector in that it's oh, like a brian situ- cox that's brian yeah. cox. oh shit you're, you're right oh my gosh yeah oh yeah wow that's Holy young shit. Brian cox. oh yeah, yeah. Brian Cox like leaves Succession in order to become Grand Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> He's not right now, but that would be amazing. But um, we didn't talk about Mando either because oh. we left. We left. You and I left. Oh my God. Mando, where it was like uh, he had just met. Oh, I hadn't seen the Ahsoka Tano episode yet. You Holy had, shit! I've seen that. I've seen that episode three times now. At least she's awesome. I'm very excited about. I I was so in. I, I thought so the season in. was incredible. So good. So, and you know what? I guess now I can reveal that um, for a little bit of time, I was trying to pitch this show and work on this show. And, uh, and I feel like it's now going to be, I can, I can announce it because I feel like this show is going to, well, maybe I shouldn't. I'm not going <laughs> to, because maybe there's a little bit of room for it. Um, but uh, I just love the way the whole thing folded out. Like they do such a good job of like, telling that story and i'm so bummed that we have to wait for so long well you know they have really inside of their their small although now increasing uh, after the disney announcement that there will yeah. be 10 new star wars things they they being Filoni and favreau have done the thing that I am so appreciative of that seems to have not been done in consideration of the most recent trilogy, which is they seem to have plotted an actual story out that they're interested in telling. Yeah, well, you know, you know what? But I also think this, and this is my, my new theory on Star Wars, I think Star Wars is better served an hour long or, you know, like in shorter episodes. I think that it's... It, like there's something more p- compelling about it or something. I think I, yeah. both are possible. I, right. I, I'm, I think both are possible. I think the, I think the most, the, the mistake of the last trilogy, the J.J. Abrams, uh, you know, uh, started Ryan yeah. Johnson, J.J. Abrams trilogy, 
For me, plenty of fun stuff inside of those movies, some wonderful performances, some great set pieces, but they really didn't, unlike what Kevin Feige has done with Marvel, they really didn't, to the best of my knowledge, it seems like, they didn't plan, okay, the three movies are going to be this story. But they did, and then they fired that guy, because it was originally Michael Arndt who, uh, who wrote Little Miss Sunshine, and, and he was pulled in to create a trilogy. But then, from what I understand, yeah. uh, and I think I understand this from, a, from, I understand from everyone's side. JJ comes in, and he's like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to actually do this. I'm going to actually do it myself. And, and kind of then jettisons that. But what, you, what happens is, is like, it's this weird zone of like the way that Universal does like the, the dark universe, right? It's like, yeah. oh, we're, we're starting a universe. Well, you can't, you can't just start a universe. You have to have success in it. But they were like, we're going to yeah, do a trilogy. It's a, or it's yeah. the way DC, DC decided, oh, wait, Marvel is doing that thing? Great. We have now all a full team of superheroes immediately yeah. without doing the incremental the years of, introducing yeah. of all of these characters, oh boy, setting the stage. WandaVision too. Oh, loving WandaVision. Okay. Me too. So anyway, my, <laughs> my, my, my feeling is without, we can move on yes. from Star Wars. Um, my, my feeling is really just, I'm so appreciative of the fact that I think Dave Filoni I love is the keeper of Star Wars mm-hmm. and is so smart about how he's doling out and expanding off using Mando as the launching pad. Yes. Because Mando is such a good Mando. The Mandalorian is so incredible. A, a show that in two seasons has has absolutely made you care. Emo- it's such a fun fight battle space epic show. So fun. But really Zena, at the but heart of it, love it. Yeah. At the heart of it, though, is this incredibly sweet, loving story about like a father and son, like a lone wolf and cub. Yes. Mando is masked and the other character is a non-speaking puppet. The fact that we are so invested in characters that we cannot see their faces or we can't see his face and and Grogu can't say anything. It's incredible storytelling. But that that's the thing I think that, you know. That's why there should never be these like blanket statements like you can't do this or you can't. It's it's all about how you tell a story and how you. And I think that really that the music, the way it's shot, like they they are telling oh, yeah. also very simple things. Here's my one pitch before we get off of Star Wars, and then yeah. I, then I think we should go because this would last the whole time. Um, all right, spoiler. So if you've not watched the end of Mando, just just for a second, get, give yourself about two minutes or so here. Um, do you think it would have been better? If they recast Luke in that final sequence, or did you like CGI Luke? Because part of me is like, ooh, you now have committed to doing this and you can't ever really see him again. And where that could be an interesting character to at least revisit a little bit. Here, Yeah, I agree. This is my only... I enjoy. I was fine with the fact that it was Luke. I loved it. Yeah, I was all in. I was fine. But my... I was of the... I was part of the faction of people that wanted it instead to be Ezra Bridgers. Well, me too. I mean, that, that I was wanted what I, yes. Ezra, I wanted this opportunity to not be a way to reintroduce the Skywalkers into the Mandalorian story, which uh, frankly, I don't need any more Skywalker stories. 100%. I'm, I'm all full up. I would have preferred if it was Ezra Bridgers or if it was another 
perhaps force-sensitive person who exists in the world that we know is out there. I that I, to introduce yes. a new character in the finale. What and 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 that cliffhanger of like, wait a minute, Grogu's going off with Ezra, or Ezra's here to train Grogu, and I well, mean, it seems obvious now Ezra will eventually be a part of the Thrawn and Ahsoka show, so that's fine. But Ezra to me would have been an interesting because look, you can't. What's tricky about the Mandalorian is well, what's now season three going to be? Because the truth is, it's like, well, to make that moment end well, or you know or make it meaningful, he's got to be gone. Grogu's got oh, to I be think, gone. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't yeah. think Grogu will be much a part of season three. I think season three is going to be all about Mandalore. I think it's going right. to be all about Bo-Katan and the Darksaber and Mandalore and the battle for Mandalore. That's, Which will I be think, interesting because that's a completely oh, yeah. a complete shift in what this show is. I mean, and, and I think that would be interesting. I just, I, I, And so part of me was thinking, because I, I was also, when I saw... Ahsoka say that I was like, it's Ezra. That's going to be awesome. What a great, what a great thing. But my thought was, uh, it's a, if it is Luke and they know they have a plan, which I do believe they do, they can go like, okay, this is great. We don't need Luke. We drop him in. We're never going to go back to that, that world. So we can kind of open it up because if it was Ezra, then Ezra would have to find a way to bring Grogu back. And it's like, well, we need to kind of separate the, like, like it may be smart in the long term, which we don't see that yes. it was Luke here because it could be a disposable fun cameo that is has some completion to it and that's very cool and it was shot very well uh but yeah i I mean it was a i don't think i don't think we're gonna see a lot of de-aged luke skywalker i think i don't think you can i think we maybe get one more scene of it at when i think there's gonna come a time where grogu is going to have i think we're gonna jump to a time where grogu has been trained and right. okay. he, will come back. Too, like a, yeah. he will come back to them. But I wouldn't be surprised if that was like at the end of season three of The Mandalorian or even maybe season four or something. Right. That maybe we'll see Luke again saying goodbye to Grogu as Grogu comes back to Din Djarin. I, I Look, I'm all into that. Maybe. All right, so, I don't know. All right. So but there are other the- things that are deserving of our attention. Paul. Yes. What do you got? Okay, well, oh man, oh man, oh man, I'm so... Uh, I've got comic books to talk about. Okay. I've got podcasts to talk I'm about. Like, I'm so... I'm, Documentaries. I'm, I'm so torn. You know what? Let's let's talk about this one because I feel like this is what everyone has been talking about. And it's worthy of at least... I mean, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm closing the door as far as nerdy things, but... Yeah. Uh, or like, I mean, I'm, I'm closing it in, making it even more. Did you see In and of Itself yet? On no. Hulu? No, oh. I haven't. Okay, well... Let's we're gonna pocket that. Okay. Go see that as soon as you can on Hulu. Great. In and of itself, it's uh, Derek Delguario. Is uh, a I w- I don't even want to classify him as a magician, but he is. It's great. So I don't want to say anything about it. Uh, and uh, just going completely. Uh, okay. Un- great. Un- unknown. Um, it's a, it's a series or it's like a, a performance. A, a Ninety minutes performance. It's 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 awesome. In and of itself, directed by great. Frank Oz. Uh, oh, wow. Keeping the Star Wars uh, thing alive. All right, let's The voice see. of Yoda. The voice. Okay, I, let's talk about this. We're talking about Audible. And I, I texted you because I was thinking about you this weekend. I've been away for a while. So I have not been, you know, I've been out of, of sorts. And um, I stumbled across this thing. And I got so excited. I was like, I, gotta, I can't wait to talk to Jason about it, which is the Alan Partridge <laughs> podcast, which is something I did not know existed. And I found this whole area of audible with like Matt Berry podcasts and all this. Yeah, stuff. I, I saw like, that there's a toast of London podcast that yes. Matt Berry does. Yeah. And and you know what? I also realized I want to get back to Alan Partridge. It's like, but there's also 
um, not, not even po- they they are podcasts, but they're plays. So they have like um, they have that Bobby kind of valley, Chris Rock Broadway show, like uh, the Man in the Black Hat or whatever that is. Oh, like, the motherfucker in the yes, hat. The motherfucking hat. Like like they have full Broadway shows. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa, this is great. So. It's Dave, really. Can I ask neat. you a question? Yeah. Have you tried any of those? Not yet. I, I okay. want. I want to I'm see curious, how that goes. I'm curious. Is it a recording of the performance, or is it a reading, like a like a like an audiobook type reading? I have of a, a feeling. Play? I have a feeling. My, what they did was recorded the play, or they've done something where I had a friend. And this is a real long shot that I'm saying this now. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a friend who used to read to the blind and he would yep. every Friday go in and like read sports illustrated and do all this sort of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if there was maybe some sort of version of Broadway that was maybe done. Like, oh, Hey, we're going to do this sure, for sure. people who yeah. are visually impaired, whatever back to Alan Partridge and going, this is, <laughs> this has been a true highlight for me. I love this character. We talked about this character on the show oh, yeah. before, and he is now solo on a podcast living in the oast house in oh that's awesome he is in an oast house and he, and i and i can't wait for you to hear it uh because i think you will love it and uh the first episode revolves around <laughs> literally being locked in one of the rooms in his house because his dog <laughs> his dog has has trapped him in a room oh, and that's that's, nice. a, that's a side story of the whole thing the second episode he's just wandering around the countryside it uh, is, it is great. It is perfect. It's what I he think is of, the best. And just in case people don't yeah. know, Alan Partridge is a character that the actor Steve Coogan created, yes. uh, you know, twenty some odd years ago in in the UK. Who is this kind of full of bluff and bluster, preposterous talk show host, radio show host? He's a he's like a British personality essentially, who they've built multiple TV series around, Books. all of which are available on HBO Max. So if you are interested in diving into the world of Alan Partridge, which I cannot recommend hard enough. It's all on HBO Max, and now this podcast is going on, which I'm shows, so excited. Shows, movies, autobiographies, everything. Like he is, he has covered it, and what it's so kind of great. And I think I love the I love the autobiography so much because it was so uh, it captured a voice. And I didn't read the I didn't read the uh, the Will Ferrell um, uh, the uh, Ron Burgundy one or or the Ari yeah. Emanuel uh, the Ari Gold one, but he captures the voice of that pompacity. Like he, it's. It is, I don't know how to say it more than saying like, it really is written as, as if that's a real character. And this podcast sure. feels exactly the same way. It's like, oh, he's like, oh, everyone's doing a podcast. I need to do it. Like, and yeah. it's like, and he's, and it's all like, it's oh, just, it's a little bit of a mess. It's not like fully, but it's, it's really funny. And I just will say one thing and I'm going to mess up how it is presented, but it's, he, this, just to give you a flavor of him, like, yeah, he lives in this Oast house, which is like where they used to like, <laughs> <laughs> have like barley or or wheat like and it's, oh, it's like, he's like off in this area and he like overlives like a on a some sort of a bluff and he's talking about how beautiful his view is and he's just making fun of all the people that live with like their backyards like looking into a, a school and you know and like what like so ugly and he's just talking about his neighbors <laughs> and, he, and 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 he's just getting so upset and he's like you know i i say to them like it's okay just admit it i 
I have a better house than yours. Like, what <laughs> is your problem? Just like, just being so like, it, it, it just makes me laugh. It just like, oh. it's so oblivious. It's so wonderful. So, uh, oh, Alan great. Partridge, uh, live from the Oast house. It's, I think a six hour podcast, but it is, uh, I mean, Ooh, it's I all, that. it's all sectioned off. I will crush that. And yeah. in that same section, like I said, there are other, there's Matt Berry stuff. There's that, yeah. the, the toast of London book, which I, I, or the podcast or whatever that I downloaded. Like, great. I love all. I have to get more, more into of the, that. Yeah. Like, I feel like audible has done a good job of, again, this is not an ad for audible. I think they stopped advertising on us, but cause we give that How code dare they? nine million times, but <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> it, I will this say is this. where, this is where podcasting is now so widespread that yeah. there can be whole things that I'm just, I'm not, I was like scrolling through that after you send me this, I was scrolling mm. through what else they have. And I was like, I've, how do I not know this all exists? Well, yeah, I'm its target audience. Well, you that, know? that's the thing. I was like, this Alan Partridge thing, I don't know how I stumbled on it either. I think I just opened up Audible in the car because I was like, I was like, oh, let me see. We are on a long car trip. I was like, let me hear this. And I was like, oh, this is, wait a second, what? And I got that's like, great. so yeah, like, but I wouldn't have known. All right. So that, that's my, uh, my thing. What, do, what else, uh, what do you um, have? What, what do you want to talk about? We talked a bit a while ago about, um, Natalie Palmitas' special. Oh, Nate. I had that. Yes. We, we, you know, we kind of touched on so, it. I didn't see it yet. At oh, that point, okay. And I so, loved it. Incredible. Incredible wow. show. It's a, it's. Did you see called, it live? Uh, no, I never did. Okay. Um, it's called Nate. It's um, it's a clown performer named Natalie Palmitas who is uh, based in Los Angeles, and it's I think it's called One Man Show, and it's a show that that she brought to Edinburgh and it was a big hit at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and it's on Netflix now, and it's an but it is called show. Nate on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah on Netflix yeah, it's called it, Nate, and um, it, and it's one of those things that I love that they did it in a way, and going back to that in and of itself, like it's really interesting to capture live performance and you'll see i think that in and of itself is one of the best directed live shows i've ever seen because i've seen the show i saw that derek DeGuardio show live and then i saw it here and i was like not only does it feel like every it gave me everything that i wanted but that show also did a great job of directing a live performance it's really dirty like it's a it's a like a black box theater that she's performing in and i love that they open it up with amy poehler who i guess produced it and she was like you will love this show or you will hate it and there's no really in between, but enjoy, like you know, like yeah. And, and that's really what it will be, because the first, I mean, the, the you're uh, talking uh, about Nate, Nate, yeah, sorry, yeah, Nate. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like the first five, six minutes, it it is kind oh, of oh no, silent. it's so so it's really interesting, uh, Natalie. Uh, uh, so I would the thing I was going to plug is yeah. Natalie, as well as a bunch of the other performers. There's an incredibly vibrant. Um, I, it's a clown scene, uh, around that's built around the lyric theater here in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, and the, the group that there, there's a whole group of people who all do individual shows like, like Nate, it was Natalie's show. Uh, Courtney Peroso is another one of the performers oh, there. Yeah. She did um, a, a one-woman show last year that was incredible. Um, and was uh, Doc Brown is there. Okay. Uh, it's like, and they all are also, as well as doing their individual shows, they all have a group, like a collective output. And so they just put up on Hulu a series of, that's called Two Pink Doors. Oh, wow. And it's just a series of shorts that take place in the same locked off frame pointed at two pink apartment doors. Whoa. And so, and it's just a series of comedic, very physical comedic shorts 
that take place in a they've done a bunch of other shorts as well. I got to check One, that out. I didn't that know that are long single take like in an airplane hangar. They're incredibly funny, incredibly talented physical performers, comedic performers. Um they're incredible uh, uh bits of like comedy that feels incredibly fresh right now, incredibly exciting. I I you know June is such a fan of clowning and like to clown classes. Her and Casey met in a clown class. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. and so June oh, you is should, like, yeah, yeah I, I got to get June on like it's very hard for me to pull June away from anything that doesn't involve uh, murder, strangulation, oh, yeah. uh, huh. sexual uh, assault. They're like, well, like every time <laughs> we are right now in this uh, in this uh, house in Oregon, we're back now, so don't rob us. Uh, we're like, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we um, uh, we <laughs> we're in this house that has a movie theater. So oh, cool. it's been awesome. So every night I just go downstairs and I watch like a movie on this 110 inch Ooh, movie screen. I'm uh, going to recommend something to you to oh, yeah. watch then. What? Did you watch? You might have already watched it because it came out last year. Did you watch Devs? No. Uh, no. Alex Garland's show yeah, yeah, with yeah, Nick no, Offerman yeah. and Allison no. Pill. It's on Hulu. Okay. Alex Garland, who created Ex Machina yeah. and did Annihilation, has a show called Devs on Hulu that is so just visually stunning. Ooh, I, gotta, I bet right. on a big screen it would be really great. I mean, I've been um, loving. I mean, I've, WandaVision has been great on there too, just because people. But so every so every night I've been going down and just like enjoying yeah. this movie theater because I've you know it's, the sound is great, it's awesome, and um and every and every night I come up and June is passed out in bed. Epstein documentary, oh, Midnight God. Strangler. Uh, like there's oh. been every, literally, not then uh, the murder on South Beach every single <laughs> night. And 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 what happens is, I believe that she watches all of these things for about 15 minutes, and then it just plays through. So yeah. it will take about two weeks for her to get through but murder on South Beach. To watch that kind of content while falling asleep oh. would really make me, I would feel like it would populate my dreams with of course. absolute gore. Of course. it's That's insane. why I listen to like Jim Dale read me Harry Potter before I go to it's, sleep. It is bonkers. Oh, so I got to get her into Nate. I, there's so many things I'm like, I have a list now. I'm like, I got, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. Oh, but it's yeah, yeah, very yeah. hard for me to pull her away. I mean, I got her and I, I you'd be happy to hear this. I got her to listen to, um, uh, Connor's podcast, Dead Eyes, which was a huge yeah. win, and she absolutely loved it. And it, like, but that was a, uh, you know, it, it's very hard to introduce anything that's oh, not yeah. related to somebody that's, being killed <laughs> in a brutal that's way. Amazing. Um, um, but this is great. I didn't know about this. So, Two Pink Doors. Two Pink Hulu. Doors is great. It's and it's shorts, so it's yeah. literally like a six minute short, uh, a five minute. So, so you can really, it's not a huge time commitment, and they're mm. all they're all wildly different and terrific. Oh, I love um, love love that. Uh, the other show that I'm obsessed with, and that I don't know if you have this too, that somebody was like, "Oh, hey, you know what you might like this show," and I was like, "Okay, cool." It's on Hulu. It's Canadian, and it's called Letter Kenny. Oh, everyone um, loves the show, and I've been like, should I watch Letterkenny? So I started it, and I'm I'm watching this show, and I'm like, fuck, this is terrific. It is so specific, so funny, um, so uh, it's beautifully shot. Is it a uh, comedy? It's, I mean, so it's, it's a, a com. It is a comedy. Okay, it is a half hour comedy. It is from Canada, and I was like, wow, this is so crazy. This is so cool. I'm glad they're doing this. And then I click it on, and there are like eight seasons of it and i was oh, like wow wait a second 
You're telling me they've done eight seasons of an incredible show and I've never heard a word about it? Uh, this guy, Jared Kiso, who, it, dude, Jared Kiso, you are fucking crushing it. He is writing it. He is starring in it. He directs it. He is a beast. Um, it is, the show is absolutely fantastic. So if you're not watching Letterkenny, check Ooh, it out. Okay, I'm going to do it's, that. And, and it's also like, I got so excited because I was like, oh, there's a lot of it. Great. Oh, it's the, the best thing. Because I mean, look, I mean, you and I are, you know, we are LA bound. We've talked about this many a times. It is not getting better. And actually, I no, think it's going to no. get worse because uh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> they just opened up the restrictions for no reason. Right uh, as the variant yeah. A strain that is much more contagious is is starting to be on the rise in Los Angeles. We have rescinded our stay at home orders. It's as if it's as if uh, 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 Garcetti and Gavin Newsom are like, go get it, I, go to, get COVID. To, to me, I th- but I and, and this is a very specific conversation. But to me, what I thought about that uh, was it felt like a parent saying like. You want to you want to smoke cigarettes here? Smoke yeah. the whole pack. It was yeah. like it was like, like a, it just felt like, like that was they're the just energy. giving. They're throwing up yeah. their hands go. and they're like, "Fine, yeah. go, yeah, yeah, fine, yeah, go, go for go, it, you idiots." Eat. Yeah. yeah, you want to eat? You want to eat a restaurant? Go eat a restaurant. Go enjoy it and eat your restaurant. Like uh. I, I felt like that's the energy. Um, uh, oh man, we should we let's talk about one more thing and then because then we because we've talked for a while and we I, I just do this again. By the way, I uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, I mean. I feel like I haven't actually even gotten to talk to you such a, for a while. So, oh, yeah. uh, um, oh, I wanted to say, did you see the homage to your character uh, right before Trump left office? Uh, no. Someone, someone had like a uh, a TikTok. I, I I believe it said TikTok, Mr. Trump, but it uh, outside what? the White House. That or it just said TikTok. Either way, I got a lot of people sending it to me <laughs> saying, show this to Jason, show this to Jason. <laughs> Oh, my God. I would literally not be at all surprised if someone was dressed up as the TikTok man inside the Capitol. Like, oh. <laughs> like, I had like one of those costumed nightmare people. Oh, I would love that. Um, By the way, you know, we talk about your music choices a lot on the show. You came on uh, the the Twitch show that Hubel and I do on Thursday nights. And um, you talked about some music that you liked, and someone did put together a Spotify list, and we do have that up on the Discord page oh, for great. a lot of people who are always asking, "What are the Jason Rex?" There is, uh, you can, you can, we, it's on the Discord right now. It's on my. Well, Discord. very quickly, yeah. if that person is listening, I can tell them they can add to the list. Oh yeah, let's do it. Julian Baker is putting out new music right now. Marissa Anderson is putting out new music right now. I cannot, uh, I, I mentioned this is the kit. That whole mm. record I think is fantastic. Um, there's a Spanish punk band called Mourn. Uh, Ooh, it's called, like Sel- the album's called Self-Worth. Fantastic. Okay. Mourn, like um, M-O-U-R-N. Mourn. Okay. okay. Um, Madlib and Fortet uh, are putting out a joint album. Ooh, They've fun. only released a couple of songs from it yet, all of which are incredible. Um, Where do you find Madlib- your music Rex, by the way? What'd you say? Where do you find your music recs? Like, do you like read blogs? I or? read stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just read stuff. Uh, that's really it. Um, I just am always checking out stuff or, or, you know, through the, um, whatever portal through Bandcamp right, right, or yeah. through whatever. Uh, and then sometimes friends. By sometimes the way, have friends. you listened? Yeah. And, and, uh, and we were talking about Bandcamp. I, I know I plugged it before, but I'll plug it one more time to say that, uh, our engineer, Devin, has a great album on Bandcamp too, uh, Painkiller the, the Pigeon. 
Uh, I'm hope I'm saying that right. And now I'm gonna. Well, we'll put it. We'll put a link up. But that's yeah. also a great, uh, a great fun album. If you like XTC, there's elements of XTC in it, and I, I like that. Not oh, I but, loved XTC. Yeah, the band. Yeah. You're talking about the band. The band. The uh, band. Yeah, XTC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Loved that band. Yeah, really um, fun. All right, this oh, is good. Cool. All right, so we'll add yeah. some of these to the, the, the list. Yeah, there's a lot of great music right now. There's a lot of great stuff that's available to you right now. I mentioned the Mad Lib thing, which makes me, which reminds me that I wanted to say that we lost. MF Doom uh, Dude, recently, really which was a devastating loss. Yeah. Um, absolutely one of my all-time favorite um, hip-hop artists. If you want to check out mm, Food or the album he did with uh, Mad Lib called Mad Villainy, Operation Doomsday, he it's also recorded as King Ghidorah, like an incredible, hilarious uh, 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 rapper who is just absolutely one of the titans uh, uh, of hip-hop. So um, yeah. a, a devastating loss. Um, I... Uh... I, I got to see him live because when he was kind of reaching his peak is when we were all doing stuff at like Adult Swim, like where he was very oh, yeah. tied into Adult Swim. So I feel like I always yep. got to be uh, a, a kind of front row to see him. And he was awesome. I will say uh, really quickly, Kid Cudi album. Have you listened to that? I really I like haven't. It. Oh, no. It's really good. It's really, really good. Oh, that's cool. Great. And I want, I want to plug one other quick thing and then not plug, but just uh, one other rec that if you like had skin made, which I'm sure you do if you're here. Uh, there, um, Lindy West, who uh, you you know, she is the basis. Uh, she wrote the book Shrill, which became the TV yes. show Shrill, and uh, she released this compilation of some of her writing uh, about movie reviews. Oh, and cool. man, oh man, this book has made me laugh so hard. It's oh cool. It's, it, so every chapter is a different movie, and the premise of the book is um, the the best movie, hands down. Uh, and every movie must be compared to it is the fugitive. So the fugitive <laughs> is is the basis, and um, and and that's where the book starts. But there is a chapter, and I'm not going to spoil it because the reveal is too damn good. But it's the if you can find the you know get it or whatever. But the chapter is called on marriage, and it is it. I was cackling. I mean, the book I think is really built around this one essay she wrote about love actually called shit actually. And it's great. It, it's, it's a, it's a recap. It's a, it's, I, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. It's like, I've, I've read sections out loud to June. Cause it's just like, just talking about like the women in love actually, and how they're not allowed to have yeah. personalities and, yep. and, and like, and, and just and like how Emma Thompson gets the most personality, but then has to be like, <laughs> but has to be like completely shit on in order to, in order to become someone who has yes, absolutely, yeah. Yep. It, it's a great. It's so it's like if you like all this sort of stuff, it really uh, is a the, funny. The read. Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson, and then the Joni Mitchell element oh. that is like my I I that breaks my heart every she, time. She has a thing, and this you can find this essay online because this is like this is their famous essay uh, that I think all revolves around this. She talks about, she goes, in this, you know, again, I'm just doing a, just a bad job of explaining it, but uh, she goes, you know, uh, Alan Rickman gets his wife a Joan, uh, she's a Joni Mitchell yeah. fan. He gets her this CD. Like the CD is like the most pedestrian CD. Like yeah. what, what is special about the CD? Like it's so like, it is. When it's you think terrible. About it, it's a chair. It's, it really is. And it's like, I understand like, oh, he's not really thinking about her, but on a, le- like that's on a level that is like, Oh, it's egregious. It's egregious. Like, I mean, yeah. it's not even, it's not even trying. It's almost like, it's almost saying like, it's almost giving her the finger. Like that's, yeah. that's the level it is. Oh yeah. No, she would be well within her rights to like immediately divorce him instantly. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, but that's Emma Thompson. She is the greatest. She oh. can make even that kind of insane storyline work because she's just the absolute best. But that's like the testament to great British actors. And I, and I will say like that movie is a fun. I like that movie. But it's, I think a lot of the times there are movies oh, that when you give it. I love thought, it, but it's flawed. Oh, it's it fun. is deeply flawed. But it's like, but that's the thing. It's like that that magic that can happen when you watch a movie and it's like nothing makes sense but when you're watching yeah. it you're like oh this all works it's the, and then the second you leave you're like wait a second hold on <laughs> like it's it's like they figured out how to hit like with rivers cuomo had that quote where it's like i can write a pop i can i have studied pop songs i can release a top 40 hit every single time out yes. i just choose not to and then we'll then we'll like show like oh yeah here there's a which is, I, that leads me straight into one of my other recommendations, yeah. which is a, a documentary about the band Brainiac Ooh. called Transmissions After Zero. And even if you're not a big Brainiac fan, mm-hmm. Brainiac is kind of an indie rock band of the mid '90s um, that are were super influential, um, very much on the verge of becoming one of the kind of most kind of um, important. Uh, indie bands leading to a major label success of that era, that oh. era when that just post Nirvana kind of explosion of indie bands. Um, and this is part of the documentary and it's part of the documentary from the beginning. So I'm not spoiling anything to say the, the lead singer and musical kind of engine of the band is killed in a car accident. And so it's this, inc- it's this beautiful documentary about exactly what you're talking about, which is, at any point that anybody says this is a great song, this could be a hit, he would be like, oh, interesting. And then he would go away and he would come back days later having deconstructed that song. So it was still the song, but it was no longer like catchy enough to be a hit. It was oh, no longer. Wow. He, he had like reworked and distilled songs so that they embodied what he wanted them to be, not that they would be catchy or hooky or whatever. Right. Um, be- beautiful documentary about the creative process, about believing in yourself and sticking to your guns about uh, it really is. And also just incredible music. Brainiac was a band I really liked, so it's great. But even if you don't like it, it's great characters and an incredible story. So that's that's oh, where right. I, I'm just going to shout out a couple of documentaries. Yeah, that and um, um, I, I I crushed all of the Martin Scorsese friendly, but it's pretend it's a city oh, uh, on that. Netflix, that, yeah. which is just pure New York nostalgia porn for me. Um, and then there's on Hulu, there's an incredible documentary called The Painter and the Thief. Oh, I heard that's um, great. That I won't say anything about other than to just tell people to watch it. Um, it's terrific. Uh, as is the Zappa documentary that Alex Winters did. Oh, yeah. uh, the, there's a new Werner Herzog documentary called Fireball about meteors and the people who are obsessed with them. Um, season two. Of save Song some of these. Expl- save some of these, Jason. We have plenty because I I, I don't want to. I want to. I want to. I want to burn through them all because I feel like there's so. Much, I, I feel like I have a list where I'm like I just want to keep on doing this. Um. Oh yeah. I love it. All right. So Jason, this has been great. We will catch up again. What um, a delight. Uh, a pleasure as always, and we will. Uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Take care. Stay safe. Amazing. I could keep on talking to Jason forever, but now. We must continue the show. Um, now that we got Lawnmower Man 2 out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We are logging out of cyberspace to focus on the sacred vows of marriage. That's right. Marriage, oh, marriage. 
Next week, we'll be watching Holy Matrimony live from San Francisco. That's right. A year ago, pretty much about a week ago, it was a year ago, uh, I, uh, we recorded this episode and now it is finally out. A special Valentine's Day treat for all of you out there. IMDb describes Holy Matrimony as a heartwarming tale of a young Hutterite boy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who must marry his late brother's wife, Patricia Arquette, who comes from outside the community, the big city. Anyway, let's take a listen to the trailer, which gives a different perspective of the film. From Hollywood Pictures, Havana's late husband left a fortune in cash. Where did you hide it? But there's one small catch. I'm only 12 years old. Tradition says she has to marry his kid brother. You guys have been out in the sun for too long. Now, if she wants the money, yeah, I do. she'll have to earn it. You have to mow the lawn and feed the flower bed. I'm your husband! Patricia Arquette. This is not happening! Holy Matrimony. Don't think our marriage is working. Rated PG-13. Okay, here's the deal. Uh, Holy Matrimony, not available anywhere. It was. Now it's not. Yikes. Uh, Internet, do your thing. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. We did not not plan for this. Sometimes these things come and go. I think you can enjoy the episode without watching the movie. But if you can find it, share it on our Discord. uh, Share it on my Discord. uh, Share it on the Twitter. We will get it out there. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm sorry to end on that note. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But a big thank you to super producer Cody Fisher. Also our sound engineer, Devin Bryant. Also our super, I don't even know what I call July. Just like the all-around MVP man about town, July Diaz. And of course, my right hand, the person who helps everything out, coming in clutch at all points, the DH, off the bench. Molly Reynolds. All right, please rate and review the show. Visit us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, and, uh, and of course, now on Discord at discord.gg slash hdtgm. And you can visit me at discord.gg slash Paul Shear. Uh, for all the How This Get Made archives, you can sign up for the Stitcher Premium. And remember to rate and review the show. It really, 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 really helps a lot. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye for now. How did this get made?